Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in College Grove, Tennessee with Mary Morgan Gentry of Gentry's Farm and Hatcher Family Dairy. From growing up on the farm in Franklin, Tennessee, to working in several shops on Franklin's historic Main Street, Mary Morgan has had a front row seat to the revival that's happened here. Now she's stepping fully into the ag world as the new wife of a dairy farmer, and she's telling us all about it, including the important role agritourism has played in bringing both her and her husband's family farms into the next generation. So here we go with Mary Morgan Gentry. Well, we're here today in College Grove, Tennessee, with Mary Morgan Gentry of Gentry's Farm and now Hatcher's Dairy Farm. Hi, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, Mary Morgan, you are a native of Franklin, just up the road. What was it like growing up here? Oh, I love Franklin so much. I'm very biased because I was born and raised here. And I have a family farm here. We're on the seventh generation. So... I have had a strong relationship with Main Street and downtown Franklin my whole life. I grew up going to church right behind Main Street and always loved the shopping there and always wanted to own a store or work at a store on Main Street, and that dream eventually came true. And so I am very passionate about Franklin, even the growth. I welcome it. You know, it is good to see after seeing so many towns that are not thriving, we really have to look at it and see it as a blessing with all the growth in our area. So I try to always have that kind of positive mindset when it comes to growth around Franklin. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your career path and and the fun things that you've gotten to do. Oh, so many fun things. Yes. So I went to school in Nashville, graduated, and I was like, what am I going to do? I had a degree in textiles and apparel and fashion merchandising, which wanting to work in Franklin, Tennessee, I didn't know where that was going to take me. And I just happened one day to be shopping on Main Street, and this was in 2010. So I was shopping with my cousin and looking for a job, poor old graduate, living in Nashville, and we ran into this bedding store, and we were shopping. I remember I was in the back, and my cousin was talking to the owner, and she said, I'm really looking for someone to work for me full-time and kind of help manage day-to-day and sell things, and preferably someone who has some experience in textiles, and I remember I was in the back, and I stood up, and I was like, well, I'm looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> so I started working for her, and I worked for her for four or five years. It was great. I got to do a little interior design. I got to do visual merchandising. I got to do window displays, which I loved, um, and then that store closed. There was actually a tragic accident where a car came through the front of the building, And we both kind of were like, well, we'll take that as a sign. You know, maybe this chapter should end. And we, um, she closed down the business. So that opened a new door for me. I started my own side business called Mary Morgan Gentry Design Co. I made some t-shirts, some posters, some art prints, and I, everything was kind of based around hand lettering with quotes or whatnot and farming and trying to like pull all that together. So I did that for a few months and then I realized I can't really pay the bills off of that. I was single at the time and living in Nashville. And so I started working for anthropology for a few months. I loved my time there also. 
got to learn a lot about the corporate retail world. And while I was working at Anthropology, I got a call from Holly Williams, who owns White's Mercantile here in Nashville. And she was looking to open up a store on Main Street in the space that I had been working previously, 345 Main Street. And she was like, would you like to work for me? I need someone to manage the store. And so I said, absolutely. I jumped on board and helped get that store open from the start. And it was such a fun experience. I helped her from a Nashville warehouse receive all the merchandise for the store. We started receiving in October. I entered it into the computer. We had tagging parties all day. And then in December, we moved into the storefront at 345 Main. It had been completely restored, and um, Mike Wolf owned the building, and he restored it back to the, the original drawings of how it was in the 1800s, which was great. We had these beautiful French doors that opened onto the street. And so I worked for Holly for four years and got to do so many fun things for her and help open stores and do visual merchandising, how of buying, and then manage day-to-day and... That was a great experience for me. And now recently, I just got married, so I'm kind of transitioning to a new phase of life and helping out my husband's farm and then helping out my parents also on their farm. Yeah, so in addition to your work in retail, you were always kind of involved in your family's farm, Gentry's Farm, which we all know as the place to go in the fall to get your pumpkins and just celebrate everything that has to do with harvest and fall. So explain for our listeners what the experience is like there. Yes. About 25 years ago, my parents kind of realized we should probably start thinking of some other options. Farming was kind of on the decline, and they started out with just doing tours and birthday parties and whatnot, and this whole new world of agritourism was something that was very new in our area, and they started doing a little pumpkin patch, and It was very small at the beginning. I can still remember it was just an open field. We may have a few pumpkins out there, a little hayride. And through the years, it has morphed into this amazing business for my parents and for our family. We get thousands of visitors every year. We do field trips during the week. We're open to the public on the weekend where we have hayrides. We have activities. You can see animals. We have a huge corn maze. My brother designs. Um... We love having the community over to our farm and sharing our farm with the community. So I am so happy to be working with them this fall. I've been working full-time the past eight years, so I've never been able to be this involved, and it's been great so far. I'm excited to see all my friends this year. Yeah, that will be fun. Well, as the city has grown kind of around your farm, I've seen your family be very intentional about preserving the farm and the land. Talk about things that your family has done to do that. I think the agritourism is a major part. You know, a lot of farms are facing that. They get to this point where they're like, can we continue to farm? If not, what should we do? And Tennessee has so many great resources for agritourism now that um, I would encourage any anyone who is to that point to explore those options through their state. Um, We wouldn't be able to hold on to the farm probably if we didn't have this outlet to have people there and create a business from that. And I think that is probably the most important thing that we do. I mean, we still farm and we have natural beef and we sell it locally. We are blessed that people come and visit us on our farm and buy our natural beef from us, um, which again, 
is because of our location, we try to view it as a blessing that we are in the area that we're in. If, if we were a little bit more rural, we, we probably wouldn't be able to have that. So we, we try to welcome people, educate people, um, share our farm with them. And, and, and that has given us the ability to preserve it. Yeah. You also do things like field trips and camps and stuff, yes. right? So my grandfather actually started the day camp, which is in the summer. It's the best experience. I always tell people that I want to go to farm camp. I mean, I did when I was little, but now as an adult, I wish there was a farm adult camp. <laughs> um, so my granddad originally started it as a way for some kids um, just to be busy in the summer. And he would have kids from his football team and the school that he worked at come and work in the summer. I mean, picking up sticks. That's what I always reminds me of my grandfather's picking up sticks. He would make a game out of it. You know, clear fence line here or there and farm experience. And um, then my parents got involved later and they kind of made it into a larger farm camp with a junior camp and a senior camp and kids go and they do chores in the morning. They got to do their chores before they can have the fun. In the afternoon, they swim in the river. And and by swim, I mean, it's kind of like, it's very, uh, it's shallow water. <laughs> and they're, but they're sitting in their inner tubes floating down the river and having fun and just, you know, having this experience they'd never be able to have to. A lot of them live in a neighborhood, you know. And then by the end of the day, they're exhausted and they go home and take a good nap and sleep good at night. And um, then and then my parents also do field trips, too, in the fall and then then in the spring, which I'm helping with. I'm helping with one tomorrow. And it is a great experience to have the local schools come out and learn and have fun on a farm. And again, a lot of the kids have never been on a farm before. And so it's a great way to spread the awareness of agriculture in our community. That's great. You have seen Franklin change a lot in just in your lifetime. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, when I first found your shop, that was right when Franklin Main Street was starting to be revived. And now it's like the place to be. So I tell people all the time, Franklin changes Yearly, I mean, it changes so much. I, I would come in encounter with people that grew up here and they'd come back and they're like, I don't even recognize it, which is true. I mean, two, you go two years and I barely recognize it. Um, but I mean, it, it is, I again, like I said, I try to welcome it. You know, there's a lot of people that would kill for that kind of business or awareness or businesses to be in their small town. Of course, growing up, you know, I went to church down there. We go to eat ice cream after Wednesday night service and it was dead. And when I see pictures, there was a time when it was, there was a dollar general on main street. There was bars on main street. It was not a family friendly place at one point, you know, it's, it has changed a lot. And that was just in the seventies. Wow. And then my mom actually was very involved in a lot of the preservation. She worked for the Heritage Foundation, which is a wonderful organization we have in Franklin that um, really pours back into Main Street and the Main Street programming and the visual aspect of preserving the buildings. And I, I try to get involved with them when I can, but I think it's very important to have some sort of organization in your small town or or give back to that organization. Any organization that's giving back to a small town preservation is something that I encourage everyone to be involved in. Yeah, they've done a great job with it. And now to me, I go to all these small towns and then when I am in Franklin and I see people walking down the street at nighttime and just enjoying it. I'm like, this is what every small town aspires to be 
and to see it come from that place where, I mean, we were talking earlier how your first shop owner that you worked for got the shop by like a note in the window or yeah, something, you which know, is like a crazy concept now. Yeah. That would there's, never happen. There's today. so many uh, larger businesses on Franklin now. And yeah, she was just walking down. There was like a post-it on the door. It was like, I'm closing, looking for someone to take over the lease. Let me know. And so that's how she opened her shop. And that was just in 2010. So it has changed a lot. We have lots of national brands now on Main Street in Franklin. Again, it, with growth comes blessings. Um, so I think it's just part of, of the growth. Yeah. And that's a great mindset. Well, you yourself are now married to a dairy farmer. Did you always think you would marry a farmer? No, I had no idea, really no interest at all. <laughs> I never thought that there would be a cute young farmer out there on the market for me at 30 years old, but I found one. I did. I love it. Who knew? <laughs> and it has brought this whole new life to me. Yeah, so tell us about that because now being part of a dairy farm, it's a lot different, right? Very drastically. I grew up on on the most beautiful farm, not to say that this farm isn't beautiful, but um, Charles always says he's always jealous of flat land. Our farm is a lot more flat. We live on a hilly farm. And um, it was just different. We had cows. We did not have cows that had to be milked two times a day. And all the work that goes with milking cows two times a day. <laughs> yes. Tell us about some of the things you have learned about the dairy industry. Because I know that in your role now, you're doing a lot to help educate people and advocate for farmers. And what are some of the things that you've learned that are important for people to know about? Well, like I said, I, I did grow up on a farm and, and people are always like, well, you grew up on a farm. You should know how to do it. But it is so different. And we've been together for five years now and I have learned so much about the dairy industry. And the common person just that they just don't know. Again, I grew up on a farm and, and I'm guilty of not knowing a lot that goes behind the work that goes into the milk that you drink. Um, the hatchers have been blessed with this opportunity to bottle their own milk and the way the cows are raised that is something that I have seen firsthand here on our farm people always ask why it's so good and these cows they live the best life here I mean they live right next door to me they do rotational grazing so they're always getting fresh green grass and they're planting grass throughout the year and times when we may not have grass and um, they're always getting a fresh paddock as they move throughout the month. And, and I think that's very important. I always tell people, I'm like, these cows live better lives than a lot of people they live in Williamson County, Tennessee on a beautiful <laughs> 200 acre farm. I mean, they're, they really have the life and, and that shows in their production of milk. That is very important to the um, quality of the milk. Happy cows make happy milk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you love about farm life? I love being on this farm and being with our family. We are very close-knit, and, and we try to have my family over as much as we can, but we eat dinner a few nights a week. We have, I have a niece and a nephew that we're always at each other's houses, hanging out together, and then, you know, there's highs and lows. When there's a high, we're all together. We're working through it, and then when there's a low, it's so nice that you have family so close. If you need a helping hand, if you are going through something hard, you know, they're just right up the road, and they're really living the day-to-day -day life with you. Um, we 
try to eat dinner a few nights a week, which is so important to me. Uh, I love to entertain and have people in my home and and we, we all switch houses, but that's been really fun is just having a this family uh, closeness on the farm where, you know, if we all lived in separate neighborhoods, we may not be able to get to spend as much time together. Yeah, that's pretty special and pretty unique these days. So we're sitting here today in this beautiful house that you and your husband built on Hatcher Dairy Farm land. What was that like? So my husband picked out this plot of land years ago. And it was very important to him to be in a private place. He grew up right next to the dairy barn, milking every day and helping take care of the cows down there. So he picked this spot. It's about a mile off the road. And it was very important to him to build at one day. So as we were getting more serious and dating, we were like, okay, well, maybe we should start that process. So a couple of years ago, we started the process and started excavating the land. It's been quite the journey we excavated the land and kind of extended a road down into a little valley. And we, by the time we broke ground and finished, it was about a year project. But we did a lot of it ourselves, um, but it was so much fun. We definitely had challenges, especially relational. Charles says that it was like our marriage counseling because <laughs> we moved in right before we got married. But um, it was great. You know, I knew the style of house I wanted and and I knew I wanted to entertain and have this kind of open floor plan. And so I was fortunate enough to actually design the floor plan of the house for exactly what we needed. A bigger mudroom in the back, a laundry room where he could go ahead and throw his clothes in as soon as he got home. And um, so we just love our home so much. Again, we're, we're four months into marriage, so we're just now getting to fully enjoy it. But we feel like we're on vacation all the time. We, we still feel like we're kind of like in someone's rental house. We don't really feel like it's our home. Um, we didn't take a honeymoon. We said, and we had a very small wedding, and we said we put all of our money into our home because we knew we wanted to um, enjoy it so much and, and really utilize the space here on the farm. And we, we invite people over often because of our schedules with farming. We don't really get to go out much. Like going out to eat is a rare, rare treat. So we try to have people over here just to have that community. And we sit out on the back porch and grill and watch a football game. And we just love our home so much. And we love to share our home with people too. That's great. It's like it's out of a magazine. It's oh, amazing. Thank no, you. I love it. Why is it important to continue the legacy of these family farms for future generations? You know, Charles is the fifth generation, I do believe, here, and our nephew is the sixth generation. And then on my family farm, we are the seventh generation, and I just think you can't ignore that. You know, it would be easy to just move on from the land and find a new career path or maybe do something that you may like more, And um, but we just cannot ignore the family history. It is rare beyond rare these days to have these generational farms and I think both both of our families have come to that crossroads of do we sell do we keep moving forward or how what's a better way we can make money other than farming with this land and I just think it's so important to continue the story again because it is a rare rare thing and it is a blessing in these days and times to have that generational farm yeah. 
I know you've even seen like your husband's role shift to kind of help carry on that legacy and to continue the farm. Yes. My, my husband was an ag teacher at the local high school. It's about four miles down the road and he's been doing that for the past four years. And this last year, his dad, um, he had been serving as the state vet for the state of Tennessee, and he got appointed to be the commissioner of agriculture for the state of Tennessee, which we are so proud of him. And now he works for the governor. And so as part of that transition in that new role, Charles had to step back from teaching full time and is now full time farming again. So it has been great for us to start this new season of married life and I try to help him as much as I can. I will go deliver with him when he needs help delivering. Some Sundays, like our day date is going to get milk crates at the other farm. It's very, you know, romantic. (laughs) We drive over on the delivery truck and get about 90 milk crates and load them up and bring them right back and clean them. Um, So, yeah, we uh, are in this new season and we're excited. We're both kind of full-time farming. It's exciting. Yeah. It is very exciting. So your the milk from the dairy, where's your footprint that it's available? Because you sell it locally, right? Yes, yes. So there's about a little over 70 stores now locally in the state of Tennessee that sells it. Um, in the greater Nashville area, we're in a lot of coffee shops, restaurants, and then grocery stores also. And then we have a footprint in Chattanooga also. Frothy Monkey is a huge brand for us, and and Puckett's is also, and they both have locations in Chattanooga. So uh, it's a lot of logistics, which my husband handles, and I help him out whenever I can, Um, which, again, I'm learning so much daily. I come from this retail world, so it's it's very interesting to help him with the wholesale side of the milk business and acquiring new stores. I mean, we're blessed. We have inquiries almost daily, and we have trouble keeping up with production. we are very blessed when it comes to that because there's a lot of dairies closing and they just can't bottle their own milk. We're very blessed that we came to that point and that my father-in-law and, and his brother decided to bottle their own milk to continue the farm. And now we have this great family business that helps sustain the farm in this very growing area. So if you live in the area, be sure to check out Hatcher's Dairy Farm Milk. Yes. The chocolate milk is the best. It's world-renowned chocolate milk. So make sure to grab some of that. Okay. Will do. What's next for you? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I am kind of falling into this new kind of ag world where I'm helping my family out. Um, through October and then I help the Hatchers with their farm tours I'm trying to help them kind of get their agritourism up also and then I'm toying around with kind of going back to doing some products myself so I did a lot of art prints and um, t-shirts and whatnot so I'm toying around with starting that back up again under a different name I had this side project long, long ago that I started making like crafts. This may have even been in high school and I called it Hatch. This is way before I met my husband, but I would make products that were just fun and colorful. They may have a meaningful quote on them. I wanted them to bring joy to the everyday life. So I came up with the name Hatch, just like a chicken hatches an egg every day. I wanted these products to bring joy to the everyday And so when I started dating Charles, I found one of these products in a storage box when I was moving. And 
I was like, I need to bring that back. This is meant to be. So I'm, I'm hoping to start back that business. And I've already got a website going with Hatch Farm and Home. And I'm going to hopefully start blogging and kind of bring more awareness to the agriculture community. Well, we can't wait to follow along. And maybe we'll have to do round two. Yes. Yeah. Check back in. That's right. <laughs> so how do we follow along with what you have going on? So I'm on Instagram. Mary Morgan Gentry on Instagram. I did keep my maiden name, which is shocking in these times, but I kind of <laughs> like it. Yes. And then I have hatchfarmandhome.com also where I have, I think I have one blog post. So hopefully by the time <laughs> y'all get around to it, there'll be a few more. Perfect. Mary Morgan, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was so much fun. This has been great. Well, I love Mary Morgan's perspective on the growth that's happened in Franklin and how Gentry's Farm has embraced the changes that have come along with that. I first met Mary Morgan years ago when I bought one of her prints in a downtown Franklin shop. So to have her on the podcast now has been so much fun for me. I had the best time at her new house on the Hatcher Family Dairy Farm. It really is amazing. And you'll want to check out her Instagram and new blog to see more of that. Also, if you live anywhere near Franklin, Tennessee, you are going to want to make plans to visit Gentry's Farm one of the weekends in October while they're open. It is the best place to pick pumpkins and just have a great fall experience. So put that one on your list. Huge thanks to Mary Morgan for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.